Hello, my name is Charlie Grimes, and I'm the founder and the host of the Encouragers United podcast. My intent with this project is first and foremost to encourage the encouragers, those special people in this world who, because of their experiences and their personality, are relentlessly positive and enthusiastic about all areas of life. They show up on the Myers-Briggs Personality Index as ENFPs, they're Enneagram 7s, and Disc Profile Influencers. We are the Encouragers. We're gifted by God to see ways to exhort and build others up. We're often action-oriented, creative, extroverted, flexible, and we work hard. We find ourselves in leadership positions like teaching and coaching, pastoring and mentoring. Another goal of the podcast is to explain to the rest of the world how we think and why we react the way we do to stress and conflict. Through teaching, discussion, idea sharing, and personal interviews, I hope you'll gain new insight, learn to be patient with yourself and with others, and to grow more self-aware through this content. I would ask that if you see value in this effort, identify the most encouraging, positive person you know and let them know about me. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or my website, charlesrgrimes.com. It's a great day to be alive, so go make a difference today. Benjamin Franklin wrote in a letter to Jean-Baptiste Leroy in 1789, quote, in this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes, end quote. You know, Mr. Benjamin, I would ask for editorial license here to add to that list conflict. We're all humans, right? And none of us are perfect. We're all dealing with some conflict sometimes. Some due to our own mistakes and our misunderstandings while other conflict is caused by the mishaps of other people in our life. According to the report titled Workplace Conflict and How Businesses Can Harness It to Thrive, the following statistics demonstrate how pervasive conflict is in just our workplaces alone. 85% of employees surveyed report that they are dealing with conflict on some level. 95% of pastors report that there is conflict in their churches, and 20% of that group say that it's constant all the time. 49% of conflict is a result of personality clashes between people. 34% of conflict is caused by stress in the workplace. 33% of conflict is caused by overwork and heavy, heavy workloads. And a quarter, 25% of employees have seen conflict result in their own sicknesses and their own absences from work, which is estimated now to be valued at $359 million each year, or the equivalent of about 385 million workdays lost simply due to conflict and stress. Well, what can we do? How can we manage the differences that we face both when we personally are in conflict with someone, or even more importantly, when two people that we know or that we are working with are in conflict with each other. I find myself the mediator. We want to see progress, success, and joy for everyone around us. 
And even more importantly, we want to fully realize the promised blessing that our Lord Jesus stated in the Bible. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, he simply says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Let's dig into this topic today on the Encouragers United podcast. I don't know about you, but conflict is one of those things that just absolutely drains me. Uh, when someone and I, or, or I know of two people who are fighting and disagreeing, it just is such a load. And I think encouragers are more susceptible to this because we're so sensitive, I think, to uh, the negativity or the relationships uh, between people. And when those relationships are not going well due to conflict or stress, or both. It is just so painful. And uh, I have laid awake at night, uh, you know, not able to sleep well, not not be able to concentrate or focus. Uh, it's just been a real uh, stress for me to be in conflict when I know that someone maybe misunderstands me or they don't understand, you know, exactly what my goals are. And so in today's episode, I really want to unpack that for you, for us. And I want to give you a four step process uh, with some explanation that can help us to really conceptualize how to deal with conflict, both when we're in conflict with someone, but even more importantly, perhaps when we're trying to mediate conflict between two other people. Um, so one thing that I would, I would start with is just this uh, common disclaimer that I've said in other episodes is that I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a doctor, uh, and I do not play one on TV. Um, I am not a trained counselor, uh, although I am a pastor and I have uh, life experience and um, a lot of love for people and some care. Uh, that I would love to share, but I am no expert, and uh, I would just consider what I'm about to say simply a suggestion from an encourager to take for what it's worth and apply it if you can. The thing I want to start with is in conflict, what I've found about myself is that I often let my emotions get the best of, of the situation. See, emotions are this rocket fuel in our lives where it can be a wonderful uh, motivator and passionate uh, energy to get something done. But emotions can also be this rocket fuel that actually when it when it's ignited, it blows us up, right? And so what I've found is that I need to try to take my emotions and put them in their proper perspective, meaning that our feelings are okay and our feelings may have been hurt, but let's not let the feelings and the passions and the emotions of this situation override our thinking. And so what I'm about to explain to you is really a, a more structured way to think about conflict. And it may be very helpful for you to employ this when you're in conflict, like I said, and when you're trying to mediate conflict between uh, two others or more. The first step that I would try to do with myself or with two people is to get a perspective from the other person's perspective. You know, you got to get out of yourself and understand the problem, the conflict from that person's perspective. That gets you out of your own mind. It gets you out of your own camp and it, and it forces you to consider others. And that re actually reminds me of a verse uh, in the Bible that Paul brought. He wrote to the Philippian church Philippians 2 verses 3 and 4 it says do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit 
but in humility, consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. He made himself nothing, he's speaking of Jesus, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. That's how that follows. And he's saying, Jesus, who was God, who is God, took on the form of a man. He lived in our shoes, so to speak. And so it's the least we can do to consider walking in someone else's shoes. And so we consider others better than ourselves. The first step in this conflict is to get out of my own head and get into someone else's situation to try to see it from their point of view. Part of this, part of this first step, I should say, is to understand that other person's perspective. And one of those aspects of that is, is whether they are what I call a seeker of conflict or an avoider of conflict. And neither of these personality tendencies are going to be, you know, correct or right or wrong. It's simply that some people are more comfortable with, uh, you know, conflict. They, they may be much more direct. They value straightforward honesty. They will often advocate for themselves first, very vocally sometimes. Um, they want and need to get resolution and to get action they sometimes are very impatient and but yet they seek out sometimes that conflict to fix the problem whereas the avoider the avoider values harmony and peace and congruency and they may even value peace over progress in this case they often concede their point very quickly and then they grow to regret it and become bitter later and sometimes even they'll change the subject, they'll change the topic, or they'll just avoid the conflict at any cost rather than to deal with it head on. So when you're dealing with two different people and including yourself, you need to know this about the person. Let me give you a practical example, because I'll admit, I have the tendency to avoid conflict in my life. I would much rather just go with the flow, respond and be flexible with someone and not fight about it. Uh, but that's not always a good way because then I start to harbor resentment sometimes and I can get really uncomfortable when I don't feel like I'm being heard or I don't ever get my way, so to speak. But let me give you an example. Uh, and it was a very simple example with one of the employees that I uh, used to oversee. Uh, this young person, he was younger than me. He was a very direct person. He was very headstrong, very strong-minded, uh, aggressive uh, and he was a coach, which is a great set of aspects to be uh, a coach in the athletic world. He was very direct. And I was trying to get him to understand a particular point. Um, and I was, I was being too nice about it, in essence. I was saying, hey, we, we think that maybe you ought to, it would be nice if you might, you know, think about, and, and he just wasn't understanding. And it was really a conflict between the two of us because what we were dealing with was pretty urgent. And so after a, a meeting or two about this and he really didn't understand and he, he didn't, he didn't, he wasn't getting it, you know, so to speak, uh, I was sitting in my office and I realized, you know, wait a minute, uh, this person is very uh, action oriented. They're very direct. Why didn't I just tell him exactly what I expect him to do? You know, he he likes uh, directness. He values honesty. And so, you know, I set an appointment with him. 
I made it brief. I sat down with him and said, you know what? Um, this is what the goal is. This is what the expectation is for you. And I want you to do this. And actually, I don't want you to do that. And I want you to stop doing this. And this is what we're doing. Are we good? And he looked at me and he smiled and he said, great, we're good. And our relationship changed at that point because he knew the authority line. You know, I was his boss and he really didn't he really didn't care about, you know, all the feelings or the details of our relationship. He just appreciated that I got to the point and he did it. And in fact, he started to change that very moment. And so I learned a valuable lesson and then learning about someone else is to know that if you can speak their language, okay, now flip that around with an avoider, with a person that's very shy to conflict, you would need to be more careful in how you talk to them because just the opposite could happen. And the someone that is too direct, it just causes all, uh, more distance between the people. So be aware of that about yourself and about the person that you're dealing with and simply adapt and try to understand the conflict from their point of view. Step number two here is to understand what type of conflict you might be having with that person. Does that make sense? You know, there are different types of conflict and I like to separate them. Um, you know, for instance, there may be very well relationship uh, and personal conflict. We just are not getting along personally. And that's where our emotions and our feelings and those kind of things can really pop up for us. And sometimes I've found that a lot of people, when there's a conflict, they immediately assume that it's a relationship conflict. Oh, he doesn't like me. Oh, he doesn't want to be around me. Or she, you know, is, is she hates me. You know, that those are strong words. But I think our, our humanness is to jump immediately to a relational type of, of conflict. And in some cases in the workplace, uh, or in a working environment, it's not relational at all. It may be more of a task conflict, meaning we are trying to figure out what to do and we're conflicting about what exactly we are supposed to do. Sometimes it's a process conflict. A process would be how we're gonna do it. This might be common. Two people see how to get something done very differently. And so they have conflict about how to accomplish it. Sometimes it's, it's what we call positional conflict, meaning that they're both jockeying for the authority or for who's supposed to be in charge. And so it could be relational, more personality related in a personal level, but most likely it's probably a task conflict a process conflict or a status or a positional conflict. Think about that. It's either who's in charge and, and are we jockeying for position because we want to be in charge, right? And we have conflict because we both think that we need to make this decision and we're the authority. Or it could be around the process. How are we going to get this done? Well, I think we should do it this way. No, I think we should do it this way. Or it could be just flat out the task. What are we supposed to be doing? And so if you can unpack this with a person, uh, one recommendation I have to, to sort of uh, help you with this uh, is step number three, because step number three is to actually find the common denominator that both you and the party 
person that you're having conflict with might have in common. And oftentimes that's a more why type of question, right? Why are we doing this? I would hope that people in an organization would understand why they're both there and why the organization exists. That is a very big common denominator that hopefully you can both agree on. Go back to the goal, right? Go back to the why of your organization. And where is it that we can have common ground? We both agree on this. We both have the same goal in this. If you can be the one to point those things out and say, listen, I understand that you would like this. I would like that too. I understand that you would like this. I actually want that too. And then step number four, okay, so if you remember, step number one is to get outside yourself and into that person's perspective. Number two is to name and try to identify the type of conflict that you're having. Number three is to go back to the common goal or the common denominator that you both have. And number four is that you ought to resolve to resolve, right? You, you both need to agree that you need to agree. <laughs> I want you to see that there's about four different ways that conflict often gets dealt with if we can get to this point. Um, the ideal is that we directly talk about it. That's always the ideal, right? We could um, basically just not do anything and continue to, to bicker and, and maybe bother each other. We could go and talk about, you know, everything with someone else, which is not often helpful. Um, we could actually defer to someone else. Uh, sometimes I've been in these situations where let's say we've got a positional or a status type of conflict. We simply go to the higher, the higher authority. You know, maybe we both have a common boss and we need to defer to that person. And that's more of an indirect uh, resolution. And it isn't always it, it isn't always the best way uh, because somebody's probably going to lose in that situation. Um, I think a final way that sometimes conflict can be resolved is just to quit and walk away. Um, and I unfortunately have been in that situation where the conflict and the stress and, and just the, uh, the immensity of the, the task to not only work the job, but also work within the conditions of the conflict uh, simply pushed me away. And I I decided to go somewhere else. And so that's always, you know, a possibility. Let's let me review these resolve to resolve points. You can either do nothing, right? And just continue to fight the way you are. You, you can do what's best, which is to directly uh, deal with it and to talk about it and to find result, you know, a, a resolution. You could defer it, meaning that you could, you know, go to someone above you and to ask them to make the decision, or you can leave, you could quit. But all in all, I want you to see that um, you can gain from conflict. You know, I used to teach this in, um, you know, in my teams and, and on my staff is that, um, you know, conflict is kind of like exercise for our body. And if you don't exercise, then you don't get stronger. Uh, our bodies, our muscles, they respond to a load. When we push them beyond what they're used to, they respond to get better. And so I think Conflict resolution and dealing with conflict is actually a muscle that can be strengthened with time and with practice and with care. Um, if you can do conflict better than other organizations are doing uh, conflict, 
then you will be more successful. You might have a better work morale. You would have better longevity of your employees. You'll have greater success and enjoyment and a a joy in the process of working together because you can deal with conflict better. Um, You might be the one in conflict, and I hope this does help you. You might be the one that is mediating conflict, and I hope this has helped you. we as encouragers are generally uh, very good mediators and because we see many facets of a, of a situation uh, i found myself you know understanding very clearly both sides of an argument i i can go there uh, my mind works that way because i see opportunities around almost every corner so we are generally friendly good-natured people who are positive influences who want to get along and so i think we could be great peacemakers and and mediators for conflict in our organizations Um, another thing like i started with i often hate negativity i hate that people are unhappy i really don't want you to just Uh, work out of obligation i want you to want to do what you're doing in our organization and this is a strong motivator for me to not want to have conflict and so rather than avoid it though i'm going to step into that gap i'm going to try to diagnose what exactly the problem is and hopefully move both people towards a great resolution to move our organization forward i hope this has helped you today have a great day Hi, it's Charlie. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Encouragers United Podcast. I need a favor. I'm trying to grow my podcast and the listenership um, so that I can encourage more people and to expand my reach to attract those that are uh, encouragers in our world. I would like you to do me a favor if you could. Uh, I've done several episodes in lots of different formats, but I would love for you to leave me a review uh, and a rating. But in this rating and review, I would like you to give me a secret message as to which type of format of my podcast you like the best. It might be for you to give me a four or five star review and then simply say, I love the way Charlie interviews other, you know, other guests on his show. He's creative and his guests are very informative. That would be a review for you to tell me that you want to hear me do more interviews. However, perhaps you could leave a four or five star review and say, Charlie speaks with wisdom and encouragement. And when he talks, uh, people listen. You know, that would be a way for you to tell me that you like my teaching and that you'd rather just hear me speak. But I would love to get more reviews so that it expands my reach and it informs more people on your on your podcast platforms that my show exists. That way, I think I can expand my reach to more people and encourage more of the encouragers. I really appreciate, again, your support through these. Uh, it's been over a year and a half that I've been working on the podcast and I'm getting better and better at it, but I'm at a point where I need your help and that support is very welcomed. Thank you again.
Thanks for listening today. You know, I'm interested in your feedback, questions, or ideas for future episodes. We have a Facebook group called Encouragers United. Please feel free to join that group and the conversation. You can also email me at charlesrgrimes at gmail.com. Another great way to help me would be to recommend a high-energy, positive-minded person that you know to check out the group and to begin to listen to our show. Thank you.